the world and through this community as well. We just pray that you'll bless it, bless each gift and giver. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So what I'd like now are for all of those that are in here that have served in our armed forces, would you stand, please? All of our veterans, if you would stand. Now, now I'd like you to come forward. I'd like you guys to come right over here where Thane's at, if you would, all of you, please. Please, don't be shy. We, we really want to... Uh, You knew it'd be something fun, didn't you? 
picture at all. Why don't you take them off of it and hand them? Uh, you yeah, as as if that way they don't have. What what I'd like you guys to do is, Don, uh, we're gonna let you be the guinea pig, all right? But we'd like you to come up here and and tell us. Well, you probably ought to say your name, but then what branch of service, what years you were in, and, and even at where you were stationed, if you'd like. So, um, and you, you don't have to, just whatever, but we'd appreciate if you would do that. <laughs> and stand right there by the mic so everybody can hear you. My name is Don Stout, and I have been here in Morgan County for quite a few years now, but I served in two different forces, the United States Army, and they sent me TDY'd to the Air Force, which I ended up in the Air Force, and I served in Iraq as a special forces. Amen. For <laughs> two years and four months. What years? 55, 56, and four months of 57. Appreciate you, Don. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. We'll have the next one come. <laughs> or you can stay and preach if you want. <laughs> Appreciate your service. George. Yes, sir. I was in Vietnam for a year, and I got a basic training at Fort Smith, Texas. I went to... Vietnam there, and then I went, finished my last three or four months out in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Appreciate you. Thank you, George. God bless you. Bill? Bill Harding, United States Marine Amen. Appreciate you, Bill. God bless you. And you guys can be seated after you, that way you don't have to keep standing if you don't want to. Robin Hotchkiss. I served with the United States Navy, 60 to 64, and then uh, up through the 70s. Any of you remember? Uh, old enough to remember the um, movies used to have uh, Who's Real, and they talked about the wars in Laos and Cambodia and back in that era. And uh, finally, it caught up to me when I was old enough to uh, have uh, an enlisted high school. Uh, uh, there were several of us that uh, dropped out of high school and enlisted in the in the service. We were all in the same company, and that was the reward. But uh, anyway, it's nice to be here and. God bless you, Robin. 
Tim, you want to come and tell us where, when you served and, where, and what uh, branch? That's okay. What what branch were you in? Uh, were, Army. Army? Yeah. Good. Appreciate your service, Dan. God bless you. I'm Lennon England. I served in the United States Marine Corps for six years, 78 to 84. I was stationed in Hawaii. Got to go on two west tracks. Got to see the Philippines, Hong Kong, Korea, Thailand, Singapore, um, Australia. Um, I'm definitely thankful for being here with this church family because it's definitely a good family. God bless you, Lenny. Appreciate your service. Well, so much for staying under the radar. Tom, 1971-77, Air National Guard, Class Rescue. I'm now Amen. serving as a husband. Army? Army. Army. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. John Scudder, United States Marine Corps, 1994, uh, Weapons Platoon, 3rd Battalion, 9th Marines, uh, spent time different parts of the world, uh, Somalia being the least of which was a you would call a fun time. <laughs> That's it. Appreciate you, John. Thank you, guys. My name is Chris Sink. I served from 2001 to 2007 in Hawaii as Vice President. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Brian Hardy, United States Marine Corps, first battalion, third Marine. Appreciate you, Brian. Darren Phelps, Captain, U.S. Army. I was in from 86 to 98. I spent time with two reserve unit hospitals and then had the opportunity to go to field artillery and spent the rest of the time with the Wyoming National Guard with the 1st of the 49th Field Artillery. Appreciate you, Sharon. God bless you. Lorraine Johnson was in the United States Air Force the late 60s, early 60s. Uh, was 
Amen. Appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you. Jim? God bless you, Jim. Michael Mason, I served in the United States Navy from 1977 to 1981. I was uh, associated with 16th Squadron in NAS uh, Lemoore, California. We deployed on the USS Kitty Hawk, and I got to work on the flight deck and support operations. Eventually wound up uh, at NAS Gates Field in South Texas, and served out the remainder of my service there. God bless you, Mike. Thank you. Mike, Mike, Mike Mason also just finished running the New York Marathon last week, and that's his fourth in this past year. Su Suzanne, where is Suzanne? Is she here? Where did come on up here, Suzanne? Is there anyone else here that has? has a son or a daughter that is in active duty right now that's not here. Anyone else? All right. We're going to, uh, yes. Yep. All right. Rick, you come on up for your grandson, okay? Yes. Okay. Suzanne, tell them where JB's at, if you would. Is that my phone? And what, uh, in the Marine Corps? Marine Corps, he is um, anti-tank tank, um, in the infantry truck. Missilemen, anti-tank missilemen. <laughs> Great. Well, we want him to have one of these, and when he comes back, know that our church family prays for him. We'll be home soon. Amen. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. My daughter Diana will lose my uh, inactive uh, um, Army National Reserve, and she'll be in four years. Amen. God bless. Thank you. Yes. My uncle, my uncle's in the National Guard. What's his name and what? Cole Mount. Okay, great. God bless. If if any of you guys are concerned, um, 
since we knew there was going to be several Marines, we dulled those uh, hatchets, so they are dull, so they can't hurt themselves. So I just thought I'd put that out there. All right, let's stand. We're going to sing just the first verse of 789, Hallelujah for the Cross, page 789. The cross it standeth fast. Hallelujah, hallelujah, defying every blast. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The winds of hell have blown. The world with hate has Thank you. you. may be seated. You can head on upstairs. While the kids are doing that, uh, John and Lynette, you have a granddaughter, Tori, that is in, is she in the, the guard? Or is she? 
she's in the reserves, so we will we want one for Tori too, okay? We appreciate her service too. All right, Second Peter. I had like four of these up here on this pulpit, and I guarantee you some kid swiped them thinking, I'm going to steal pastor's candy, and they put one of these nasty things in their mouth, and they just thought they got poisoned. <laughs> Serves them right. <clears throat> Stealing my stuff up here. We do believe in the Second Amendment around here. We are fully armed in the pulpit. So, <laughs> I, uh, so I, I was talking to Dwight, and he, he was telling me he was at, at, a, at a meeting with this pastor that grew up in, the, in this church back in Indiana, and their uh, youth, youth group, they um, it, it, they would be sitting in the service and, um, and and I think it was in like the teen services that they had, and if they weren't paying attention, the youth pastor or he'd designate somebody that was sitting in the back would shoot them in the head with a paint gun. You would go to jail now for doing that. But he said, you'd be sitting there, and all of a sudden, kersplat, you know, you get hit right in the back of the head with one of those paintballs. Those are hard, too. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, you'd be wearing a helmet. So, but that kind of tells you the kind of guys Dwight runs with, and no wonder I'm sick today. <clears throat> all right, but we, uh, we appreciate all of you being here. You know, and it does remind me, you know, I, I, I um, lo love our military, love those that have, uh, served in our military um my uh on my mom's side there wasn't too many that were in the military uh my dad he enlisted but he uh i can't remember he couldn't pass a physical for something he he went to to join up he wanted to join and and uh, fight in vietnam and they wouldn't let him my grandfather same way I think they told him, I think at the time, he was flat-footed. Did you know that being flat-footed, you wasn't allowed in the military? And he, he, um, he actually would have been in right before World War II. But, uh, but then Teresa's side, her entire family, um, most of them uh, served in the United States Navy. So they uh, were all in, in the Navy and, and uh, always loved to hear the stories and and uh, the encouragement from those guys and, and the love for the country, and they still have that and, and uh, truly do uh, appreciate all of those that are in the military. I had no idea at the time. I mean, we were, I grew up in the, uh, we graduated high school, Teresa and I did in 86, and back then it was pretty peaceful at the time, and Desert Storm was getting ready to hit, but by that time we were already out of college, and uh, uh, working on a family, and, and but um, um, in high school, if one of those recruiters would have had enough sense to, to come into the high school and say, hey, guys, I want to take you out uh, this Saturday, and we're going to shoot. 
And I'm going to show you some really cool things that you guys can get to shoot if you would join the military. Oh, he'd have had me. I mean, if, you know, let me shoot one of those big guns, man, I'd have been signing up and, and gone. My mom and dad would be looking around trying to find me. So, but uh, just appreciate our military. And um, I think it's interesting, too, that uh, whenever you, you look at uh, Paul's writing to Timothy and uh, Paul writing to a young man who's going into the ministry, one of the things that Paul told Timothy is that, Timothy, you need to endure hardness like a soldier. And we need to understand that we're in a battle today and uh, will be in, until we take our last breath or until, as we know, the rapture takes place, and, and which would be a fantastic thing to happen uh, today or soon. And, but until then, we need to continue to fight the battle, and, and we need to continue to uh, stand for what's true and stand for what's biblical and stand for what the Bible tells us and live according to that, knowing that one day that uh, God will be the ultimate judge. And we have been looking in Second Peter about uh, the, the, the attacks that come from within the walls of the local church. They come within the walls of your own home, and, and we need to guard against that. And in this setting is talking about the local churches that are are being attacked and and so we went through chapter one and and in chapter one we saw that uh, he, he was emphasizing that the fact you need to know the truth just know what the Bible says we, we we need to compare what we are doing to what God's Word says and and I think when, when we do that we find that uh, so often that our church traditions that, that we have sometimes become what we think are biblical, and then you find out those traditions are not biblical at all. And so that's, that's how religion has been instated in the first place, and they uh, start uh, making their traditions and, and start making that holy and making that what you must do in order to be saved or uh, or to be godly, you must do all of these things that we write down. And, and so along with that, then you have these false teachers that then come in and start teaching that and preaching those things. And, and uh, here we need to always be careful and we always need to be evaluating what we're doing according to what God's Word says. If it's not in God's Word, then we need to understand that's man-made and, and it's probably not a hill that you want to die on. However, he does tell us to earnestly contend for the faith. And that does mean to fight. And that means to, to, to fight for the faith and to fight for the truth of God's word. And, and fight for the, the, we know that the gospel is Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. And that whosoever shall call upon him shall be saved. And we will fight for that. We'll fight for the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. We will fight for the authority and, and the divine inspiration of God's word. We're going to fight for those things and, and stand according to that. And those are hills that we will die on. And, and here we see that false prophets come in and, and what they do is they'll try to prey on, on those churches and they'll go after the weakest links in the church. And they go after those that may be new believers that I uh, haven't had, a, had an opportunity to learn much about the Word of God. And, and so for those that have 
just called on Jesus Christ to be their Savior. We need to, to really gather around them as a church body and, and help them along the way because the devil will do everything he can. He knows he can't get their soul, but he can sure wreak havoc in their lives and keep them from being any kind of a testimony to God. And so the battle begins, and that battle never ceases until the day that we see Christ face to face. But here we have, in chapter 2, we have him now, uh, chapter 1, describing the truth and knowing the truth. And then we saw in verses 1 through 3, we, we saw a description of these false teachers. And we saw how you can uh, understand that they are among the people, and so they are going to come in, and they're going to act like everyone else. They're going to talk like everyone else at the beginning, but you're going to find as you go on that you, you start questioning and thinking the things that they're telling you. There, there, there seems to be an underlying motive in that, and, and um, you, you see that they're doing certain things that, that might uh, bring up a red flag, and, and we see that they, they are very careful in how they do this. They, it says that they shall privily shall bring in damnable heresies. And those damnable heresies are destructive factions that are going to split churches. Paul and Dwight, we were having a conversation one day, and, and Paul said that there was a man in, in some of the churches and that, that he had been in this one area where this man had, had bragged about it and had taken upon himself saying that he was there to destroy the churches in that area. And we'd go in, cause a faction, and then move on to another. And, and I don't know how many uh, churches he was able to uh, split, but he obviously split several along the way. Look, there are people like that. We don't need to walk around paranoid, and we don't need to walk around with a chip on our shoulder, but... We do need to walk around understanding that this is a battle, and it's a battle for the truth, and we know that Satan is going to raise up those that will listen to him and try to distort what the truth says. Well, God showed us that in verses 1 through 3, talking about who they are, and, and, and he ended it with, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Look, judgment is coming to those that do that. You know, there, we need to, first of all, and, and this is a pastor speaking from his heart today, okay, and before we even get into the message, but look, it, it, it's, when, when you are, are a local church, and then when you get a church the size that we are, it really is pretty easy to find a lot of flaws. More people, the more flaws, we, we're all flawed, and, and we all have problems, and we all sin and come short of the glory of God. And so, uh, and, and so we know that. And can I tell you, though, that, and I say this often, but love covers a multitude of sins. And it's not that we okay what people are doing. That's not at all. We want to fight the flesh, and, and we want to fight what's going on in our lives that isn't right. And, and we want to stand up and do what's right, and and, and do what's biblical, but as we see our friends and our family and, and those in our church family who are doing that, then we, we help them, and we're not out there blasting it on a megaphone, and we're not sharing it on social media, and we're not condemning them, but rather we are helping them. And so let's guard our local church, and let's guard our family, and, 
make sure that we are standing in the right place. When you hear someone that is criticizing our church, then you, you know the best thing that you can do is let that criticism end with you. And you can look at what is being said, and, and you can give thought to whatever the criticism may be, and, and if there's something that you think that you could do to help that, then step up and help with it. That's okay. I mean, we can learn from even the worst of critics, but let's be careful and, and don't let that start swaying your opinion of, of uh, our church family and who we are. Look, Satan would love to do everything he can to blow this thing up and split it up and cause all kinds of, of factions to go every different direction and kind of like a, what is that, the, the fragment grenade, right? I mean, when it blows up and fragments go everywhere, right? And does as much destruction as it can. Well, that's exactly what these people were trying to do. Well, God said there's a day coming when judgment is coming on them. And, and he gives us proof of that by giving us three examples. So quickly, we're going to look at three examples that God gives us stating, if I judge these, then you know that these false prophets are going to be judged also. First of all, in verse 4, the rebellious angels. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And so now we know that in Jude, uh, verse 6 it says, And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And so now we know that, and you can go back to uh, Genesis chapter 6. You can also look in Job chapter 1 and verse 6, chapter 2 and verse 1. And you find out that there were some of the angels that, uh, and, and uh, for time, I don't have time. I'm not going to spend it all on this. We can do this when we study the angels. But there was a time where one-third of the angels decided to turn against God and they followed Satan. Those are the demons that we have today that are helping Satan. However, there was a number of those that were kept in chains that God never allowed them to do anything. When they made that choice to follow Satan, they were immediately, as it said, reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. However, there are many that are loose today, and, and those are the ones that are going about uh, wreaking destruction and havoc in this world and, and, and that's something we need to understand while we live in this world and, and praise the Lord we get to see the beauty of his creation and in much that we see and however we also need to realize that it is a cursed world and it is a cursed earth that we're living in today we, it, it groans because of the sin burden that that is carried about and and we know that everything dies because of the curse of sin and and we know and understand all of that and and so we need to to realize and not only that but in that curse then satan was cast down upon this earth and and is allowed to be the 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 prince of the power of the air and so that's why the culture that we have today is so anti-god that that's why evil is rampant as it is and and that's why we as Christians need to stand up uh, against the wickedness and stand up to the, uh, those that are promoting false truths and let us stand for the truth of God's word. But here there were these angels that 
rebelled against God, and they have been reserved, as it says, chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. God said, their judgment is coming. And if I'm going to judge those angels for what they have done, then these false teachers need to know that I am going to judge them also. Well, then he goes on, and he gives a second example, verse 5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person. Noah was the last person to walk onto the, onto the ark. The rest of his family went uh, in front of him. What, what a vast difference in the testimony that Noah had with his family than what we see with, with uh, Lot and his family. No one argued, uh, none of his family argued when Noah for 120 years worked on an ark when there was no rain and everything was dry and for 120 years he worked on this ark that God told him to build and every and, and think about this too. Now I, I read it somewhere and, and I don't know uh, I don't know if we can ever figure this out, but but there were it, it sounded to me like we were past the millions of people that were on earth during Noah's time. We were probably close to in the low billions, almost like where we are today in population, and there were eight righteous people in the world. You ever thought about that? How wicked that day must have been? And it tells us that Noah was righteous. Not only was Noah righteous, but his seven family members followed him too. What a powerful, powerful statement of godliness that Noah must have been. I mean, that's, that's a powerful thing to think about. But here he says, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Ungodly just has the idea, the connotation of being godless. Wanted nothing to do with God whatsoever. I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, I, you, you know of military people that, that uh, have a real problem with, with PTSD is what they finally ha have diagnosed it to be. But uh, for years, nobody, they just had to try to figure out how to deal with it. And suicide rate among our, our veterans is, is astronomical. And if you have someone that, that's a veteran, and especially a veteran that you know that saw any kind of combat whatsoever, then you, you need to be reaching out to them and talking to them and, and, and helping them through some of the dark periods in their lives. But can you imagine the noise of what took place during that flood? I'm, I'm sorry, but there had to be people banging on the doors of that ark one man. And you know what is interesting about that ark? Is that who sealed the ark? God did. Could Noah open it? No. Don't believe so. Believe God's the one. He closed it up. And so here, preacher of righteousness, but I'm telling you, there's coming a day for those that are false preachers. There's coming a day for those who are godless in this world today. Judgment is coming, and God wants people to know that. Well, then he goes on, and the third example we have is the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow. And that overthrow is a complete destruction of 
everything and making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And so here, first of all, I believe that our cities today need to pay attention to Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't, I don't know if you guys are watching anything. The news is going to be very careful to show you this, but somebody needs to go down to San Francisco and walk downtown and tell me how that's going right now. I heard it's a mess today, and I heard that it's being desecrated, and, and there's all kinds of a mess, and you, you walk everywhere, and, and, and there's shops that are closing, and there's all the stores are moving, and they're getting out of that, and and you have cities that have taken great pride in their godless activities. And, and, and we think that we, what, we're going to be blessed by that. And uh, it, maybe we ought to, maybe ought to just get a little more personal here. And we even think about, uh, thank you, Log Lane. I really appreciate Log Lane for bringing in all the pot shops. Really, we should just say thank you to you guys for doing that and, and helping with the homeless situation that we have today. Helping with the, the mental health of so many today that are walking around on the streets and have nowhere to go because all they do is spend their money on the pot shops and, hey man, it's only medicinal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it, and, and now who is it? Who is it that picks it up? It's not the government programs that are helping these people. It's not the, the, the community, community organizers that are helping the people, but it's the churches that are picking up and helping out because of this, and all for what? For money. And in Log Lane, I remember back in the day I read where they were so proud that they were the first, uh, uh, first town after Prohibition to bring back in the bars and all of the, uh, the hooch and all of that. I, I wonder in that Log Lane uh, uh, town council and, and, and that community that how in the world do you ever think you're going to have God's blessings upon that whenever you have been so guilty of destroying so many people's lives. Oh, and our government today and living in this unrighteous day and pushing this sexual education trash that some of our school districts have taken the money that our, our, our governor uh, offers to give you, a, what, a million dollars if you'll teach the, uh, the sex education classes. And so what is that? Is that what it's worth, a million dollars to destroy the lives of our children? I mean, I, I look at this, and, and I think about how uh, living ungodly and, and, and here thinking that, and, and yes, in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, go back into Genesis and, and read the story about Genesis and uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and the angels of God go into that city, and, and they go into Lot's house, and Lot brings them into the house and locks the door, and, and, the, and the town comes there and tries to knock the doors down because they want to bring the angels of God out and rape them. And they're destroyed because of that. Oh, the judgment is coming. We, we get inundated in the month of June. One of our favorite months, beautiful month, and they try to destroy it. Is that not Satan himself trying to destroy that and push all of that stuff and shove that ungodliness down the throats of those who are trying to be uh, 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 honorable and, and godly to God? But here he says that in all of this, something we need to remember, that uh, he turned the cities of God, Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes but, and delivered just Lot. 
You know what I find incredibly sad? And I know that you probably heard this preached many times. We would have never known Lot was in heaven from his testimony given to us in the Old Testament. You would never know that that man was in heaven today until we get to almost the end of all of the Bible where God puts a little note that Lot was justified in the eyes of God. That's amazing. What a horrible, horrible testimony. How powerful was his testimony? Well, his wife gets drug out of the city so she wouldn't die. Turns around and turns into a pillar of salt because she just couldn't handle it and wanted to go back. So God turns her into a pillar of salt. His two daughters get him drunk and commit incest with him in the middle of the night. What a legacy, Lot. And why? It goes on. And, and here, though, we need to understand that, that in, in God's mercy, in God's grace, he delivered Lot. Well, I don't know about you guys, but it's probably a good thing we're not God. Lot probably wouldn't have fared so well. But I'm really grateful that he did deliver Lot because there have been times where I look at my life and think, Boy, don't I deserve ashes today. And so here, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Every day, being vexed, tormented, worn out, weary, uh, uh, oppressed. I mean, every day we see this. And for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Look, he's saying, look, those that come into the churches and are, are preaching things that are not true, there is judgment coming, just as there was judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, just as there was judgment upon Lot's own life. And, 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 and here we need to understand that, that there was a whole lot of chastening that went on in Lot's life and, and, and nothing much to be proud of there whatsoever. And, and why? Why is this? I mean, when you, when you give thought to Lot and, and you think about, uh, you know, he loses his wife and, and, and his children become what, what they were and, and, and uh, uh, was such a mess. He didn't even seem like he wanted to leave. The angel finally had to grab him and drag him out. And for what? Vexing himself day in and day out. You know what it reminded me to do? We can't help but live in this world. We have to. I mean, God, God has said that I, in John 17, you know, he said, I'm not asking you, God, to, to take them out of this world, but, but help them to live in this world, but, but live for me, right? And so we need to do that. And, and so can I challenge you that as you go out into the world and, and you're beaten down day in and day out, can I tell you also that your children are going out into this world and getting beat up day in and day out, and your children aren't nearly as equipped to handle it as you are. And so let them be able to come home to a place that is a sanctuary. Let them come home to a place that is godly. Let them come home to a place that is peaceful. Let them come home to a place where there is love for them for each other, for mom and dad, for husband and wife, 
that, that it's a place where, where it's not chaotic all of the time. And, and it's a place where, where they enjoy coming. And, and whenever they grow up and they're adults, they can look back and say, thank you for the place that I grew up. Thank you for letting me have a place like that, Lord, that, that is that quiet place. And, and, and can I uh, just look, quit letting the computers raise your children. Quit thinking that it's a school teacher's job to raise your children. Stop thinking the public education is where they're going to get most of their education. They're not. Most of the education they're going to get that's going to help them through life is the character that you develop in them at home. Know how we need to realize and understand that day in and day out you are in this. And so day in and day out you need to be doing battle. And you need to stop listening to the false teachers that are out there trying to promote the things of the world and trying to get you caught up in all of the things that are, that are going on. Look, you, you can be busy every day, 365 days a week. This world has something that you could do every day to distract you from doing what God wants you to do. You know, there, there's a simple word that you need to learn. No. No. No, we're not going to do that. No, this is our night that we are going to have for our family and we are not going to give it up. No, we're not going to do that. This is the day we this is the Lord's day. We're not going to give that up. No, we're not going to do this on this time. This is our time and this is our family and it is really okay to say no. Because I'm telling you, just as Lot vexed his soul day in and day out, we can get that way too. You know what you, you see? You just slowly creep to the left. And you just, pretty soon you look up and you're, you're not even in the bar ditch anymore. You, you're way out in the pasture. Now you've got to figure out how to get back and just guard against that. And how do you do that? Well, 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. How would you like to have the testimony we get to heaven, and it probably won't be like this, okay, but you get to heaven, you're like, ooh, there's Lot. What kind of a testimony was that? You know, what kind of testimony are we going to have? Let's not live like Lot and be vexed and let the false teachers get into our minds and telling us and, and chirping at us and, and, and here vexing us with their unlawful deeds and and that unlawful deeds are just godless criminal activity. You know, so many, well, we'll just fine. We're just going to go along with it. But here he tells us, and we end with this, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. He does, doesn't he? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. You can write that down. He does know how to pull us out of those things. And, and the thing is, is the... The, it's not the temptation that's sin. It's whenever we fall to the temptation that it becomes sin. God sometimes allows those temptations, the, those trials to come to test our faith and let us walk with him. 
and he always gives you a way out. But not only does he know how to deliver the godly out of temptations, but he also knows to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. And then he describes them in verse 10, but chiefly, especially them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. It's just an uncontrolled, defiling desires that someone lives by. And despise government. That word government there means lordship. And it sure seems to me as you get into this, that, and with the word dignity at the end, that, that they truly despise the lordship of God. They don't want to recognize him as a creator. They, they do not want to recognize him as a sovereign. They do not want to recognize him as a king. They, they want absolutely no authority over them whatsoever. Do we not see that in our world and culture today? But God is. And there is authority placed over us. And they're presumptuous. When someone's presumptuous, they're, they're just prideful and audacious and, and bold in their behavior and, and arrogant in that. They're self-willed. They're stubborn. And they're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. And that word dignity has the idea of glory, brightness, and radiance. And it seems to refer to God himself. Not afraid of God whatsoever. Well, that's a description of these ungodly characters that were coming into a church and trying to split up the family and tear it to pieces. So let's not be so naive in thinking that all is well and that this would never happen here because it will if we just don't guard. And, and by that, we don't need to be paranoid, but how do you guard? By knowing the truth. Just understanding what God's word says and then applying that and, and walking in the way that is honorable to God and, and to the best of your knowledge what the Bible says. That's all you got to do in your life right now is take what you know of the word of God, the Holy Spirit being your guide if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, then the Holy Spirit will lead you with what you have in your knowledge to guide you and direct you into exactly what you ought to be doing. Now daily we ought to be learning more. Daily, we ought to understand more of what God's word is and what God's will is. And as we learn that, we apply it to our lives. And we grow closer to God. And you know what? God protects you. Then God protects your family. And God protects your church family. And then pretty soon you have a strong family. You have a strong church family, which then reaches into a community and makes a world of difference for eternity for that entire community. And that's what God wants, and that's why the devil loved to fight against it every day. So let's guard. Let's guard by the truth. And let us love each other. And let's help each other. And let's encourage one another. And let's just see what God can do when we're obedient to his word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. Thank you for the examples here we have. And Lord, I, I just can't but help think about Lot and vexing his soul and and lord it is a difficult world and it's just every day we're out in it and and as we see it just seems like the evil is more rampant each day and and so lord it is difficult and so help us to endure hardness like a soldier help us to be faithful and contend for the faith let us 
know what the Bible says and how to apply it and stick by that and not change. But be just exactly what it is that you want us to be. And Father, I pray that you will guide. I pray that you'll stir in the hearts of each one who's here. Lord, if there's someone that needs to be saved, that today they would come and just tell me. We'll sit down and have someone sit down with them and answer any questions they may have so that they can make sure and get that settled today. Lord, whatever we need to do as body of believers then, show us, guide us, help us to do exactly that. Lord, we love you. We pray that you will continue to guide us now and use us in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to give you one more opportunity. We're going to sing 535. We're going to start with the chorus today. Room at the cross for you. And what a joy it is to know there's always room for another. And let's make sure that we have everything settled in our hearts today as we sing. Let's all stand as we sing Room at the Cross. joy to see each one of you out and uh, make sure if you see uh, one of those characters carrying that hatchet on the way out and tell them thank you for their service and uh, do appreciate them all and hope you guys have a wonderful afternoon we'll be back again tonight five o'clock and so we have lord's supper tonight and i believe wes is preaching tonight too so looking forward to seeing everybody again tonight but god bless you guys have a great day you're dismissed